Pastors Larry and Tiz Huck welcome you to this weekly Torah study from New Beginnings Church in Bedford, Texas, taught by Pastor Scott Sigmund. We pray this message will help you better understand how God's Old Testament wisdom and New Testament revelation are meant to jointly fit together. Praise the Lord. Well, look, uh, we're uh, today in Torah portion number 22, my old high school football jersey number. So I'm excited about what God has today. Uh, And uh, we're in the book of Exodus, Exodus 35 through Exodus 38. And uh, I'm uh, entitling today's lesson, uh, God's Pathway for Restoration and Promotion. Now, I know that God is working in you to make you in every way whole. But there still may be some areas in your life, in my life, that we need full restoration, right? Damage was done, but you're in damage control right now. (laughs) And uh, also promotion. How many of you know God has a spiritual ladder of success? And you can climb as high on that ladder as you're willing. It's not just up to God. If it was up to God, we'd take the elevator to the top. (laughs) But as Zig Ziglar, the late great Zig Ziglar once said, you can't take the elevator to the top. You've got to take the stairs and you've got to touch every one. And that separates the men from the boys. (laughs) The winners from the losers because sometimes climbing stairs can get hard. You can get tired, especially uh, when you're my age, right? I know I look so young, but I do have a Medicare card. (laughs) What am I doing with a Medicare card? (laughs) Time happens quickly, young people. So uh, we're in this Torah study today, and uh, where uh, uh, we're at is just following the infamous golden calf debacle. Uh, How many of you uh, know about the, you saw the movie, Charlton Heston, Ten Commandments, and uh, people dancing around the idol, the golden calf. And in, in Jewish wisdom... Uh, this Torah study today is seen as a type of response or remedy to this spiritual debacle. So what we're about to get into, uh, it's not the whole story. It's not always one size fits all, but there's secrets. Uh, there's mysteries. There's strategy. And that's uh, God's pathway for restoration uh, and promotion. So Moses, uh, after this golden calf thing, he goes up to the mountain again for 40 days and he's involved in intercession. Uh, And it's at this point where God reveals his 13 attributes of mercy. We won't get into that. We've taught on that through the years in Torah study uh, in uh, Exodus 34. Christians never knew God had 13 attributes of mercy, and yet it's right there in our Bible that God, uh, even though he could have thrown the book at Israel for being stupid like that, instead, uh, and Moses played a role, I'm interceding. God, don't throw the book at him. Mercy, mercy, mercy. And God was merciful. 
and he's still merciful today. You can make a lot of mistakes, but if you come to your senses and say, God, forgive me, I didn't know what I was doing, he'll forgive you and release a flow of mercy and grace and restoration on your life. And that's what uh, he did with Israel. But there were other steps involved, right? It's, it's one thing to come to the altar and repent. It's another thing the next day and the day after and the day after and the day after to walk that out, right? You have a role to play, right? It's not just God doing it. If it was just God doing it, he'd say, bam, you're perfect. Bam, you're walking on water. Ah, but he's wanting to develop character and integrity. And a lot of that comes when you go through some fire, when you go through some work and some effort. And so even though a lot of times we, we want to avoid pain, uh, it's a good pain, like going to the Lord's gym, <laughs> right? In the Lord's gym, no pain, no gain, right? And so it's a good pain. Uh, it's not meant to hurt us. It's meant to help us. Okay, so God shows Moses how to repair this fractured relationship. And he tells Moses uh, in Exodus 35, 1, to gather the people. Let's read that, Exodus 35, 1, if you have your Bibles. This is where the Torah study starts today. Moses called together or gathered the whole community of Israel and told them, these are the instructions the Lord has commanded you to follow. So here, what follows is the wisdom, the remedy. Amen. And so uh, uh, God is telling Moses, look, I've got a word for the people. Gather them all together because this word is going to set them free and help them move forward in life instead of being stuck in their sin. How many Christians are still stuck in their sin? They can't get the breakthrough. They're, they're not able to move forward. Even if they take one step forward, it's like they take two steps or three steps back, and they're like the hamster on the treadmill, right? Who doesn't want to be that way? Amen? We don't want to. That's not for our destiny, right? Being stuck in sin. And so God gives these instructions uh, and it focuses on uh, three primary areas, honoring Shabbat, the giving of Stedkah, and the building of the tabernacle. And we don't have time in today's study to go extensively into how does Shabbat restore me and promote me? How does giving Stedkah restore me and promote me? How does building the kingdom of God restore me and promote me? But all of you are pretty well versed in the things of God at this point, or you wouldn't have got up so early to get into Torah study. Yeah, and so you, you can just kind of figure that out for yourselves. Uh, but let me just touch on a couple things. Celebrating Shabbat is a weekly expression of our covenant commitment. Okay? Yeah, you can go to the altar every week and rededicate, and there's other times that they... But God has on his divine calendar an appointed time called the Sabbath. 
And the devil's been trying to throw a monkey wrench in that plan for 2,000 years. But celebrating, honoring, keeping the Sabbath and all that it means, Christians, we can do as much or as little as the traditions and the customs are. But uh, uh, at the end of the day, all the prayers that you pray, all the blessings that you speak are renewing your covenant commitment on a weekly basis. And that's a good thing. Turn and tell somebody that's a good thing. Giving of steadkah, which is being a blessing to others, right? It's not just uh, a, a me thing. Christianity was never meant to be a me thing. It was meant to be a we thing, right? And so when we're a blessing to others, this is what produces a harvest of righteousness, Sowing steadka for the widows, the orphans, to help the less fortunate and the most vulnerable isn't about so I can get a blessing. <laughs> That's part of the deal. But God has more than just a financial payout, a financial reward. He has a harvest of righteousness. And believe me, when it's all said and done, you're not taking a U-Haul to heaven. <laughs> You don't have to hire two men in a truck, (laughs) right? It's your righteous deeds that pave your way to heaven. And those are the things you take with you into the sweet by and by, your righteous deeds. All right. And then finally, the building of the tabernacle. And this is where what we're doing here this morning, we're forming a three-stranded cord a three-way partnership. All of us here together are on God's team. We're in God's army. So me, you, me, and God are forming a three-way partnership so that we can be a light to the world. And this church, just like many churches, but you're here. God put you here for a reason. And part of the reason you're here today, not a coincidence, it's because God wants you to learn some revelation, learn some wisdom, learn some truth from this anointing and the anointing of our pastor so that you can take it to your world and be a light to your world. So this is what's going on. And in this scenario, we need to understand that uh, there's a, a spiritual warfare component. There's always a spiritual warfare component. Not every church teaches spiritual warfare. Uh, that's not a good thing if you've been in a church that doesn't teach you how to fight the good fight of faith, Amen. right? You need to learn how to put your spiritual dukes up. (laughs) Right? And here's the deal. The devil would love nothing more to keep you in a moment you can't get out of. Israel worships the golden calf, voids their covenant relationship with the Lord, all of a sudden they've got one foot in the world, maybe one foot in hell, and the other one on an oil slick. And the devil's got them right where he wants them. And there's nothing more uh, that the devil wants than to have you straddled that way where you're slipping and sliding away. Paul Simon's saying something about that. 
accepting God's love, God's forgiveness, God's restoration, and God's destiny is the last thing the devil wants for you. He wants people emotionally chained to the past. Some good things happened in our past, but you can't live your life focused on the past. There's a future, a destiny, and the devil uses the past, whether it's good memories or bad memories, uh, to keep you focused on where you were instead of where you're going. And not only that, but he wants your sin to be your defining moment. Sometimes spouses live that way. (laughs) Where our relationship between husband and wife, instead of elevating, decreases. Instead of increasing, we're decreasing. And we look at our spouse and define them in their worst moment. That's the devil playing with your mind. He comes to blind the minds of those that would believe in a good marriage. Amen. Amen. And he wants you chained to your worst failures and fiascos. Anybody have a fiasco (laughs) before Christ or after Christ? (laughs) No one's immune. I wish I would have got that exempt card. (laughs) Okay, you're a pastor now. You're exempt. Right. So all of that means that we can be condemned uh, and feel the the guilt and feel the shame and be focused on the failure. Uh, And if we don't get set free of that, our destiny is going to be destroyed. How many of you are in Christ today? You've got a great destiny. All the power of heaven is on your side. Now we just need to understand how to access that. And part of that is understanding what God gave in in the instructions. Celebrate Shabbat, practice giving steadkah, and be involved with building the kingdom. Amen. Somebody once said, never let your memories be greater than your dreams. There's a big difference between going through a fiasco and living the rest of your life condemned by it. All right, stuff happened. But I still have a future in God. I still have potential. And I'm not going to make the main focus of my life moving forward on all my mistakes, even though the devil keeps bringing up all those mistakes, even though the spouse keeps bringing up all those mistakes. Stop that! (laughs) I rebuke thee. Get me behind me, Satan. And so for Israel, for us, yeah, we repent. We come to the altar. We do what we do. And we say, I'm sorry, sincerely. It's a godly sorrow. But then there's other things to do. That, that's just the beginning of it. See, and this is where a lot of times people get confused by the message of grace that's on Christian TV right now. There's nothing you have to do. I beg your pardon. When you get down on your knees and pray for God to move in your life, when you're involved in prayer and fasting, some things don't come out except by prayer and fasting. That's work. 
<laughs> your flesh begins to <laughs> fast. <laughs> right? And all of a sudden, uh, working out your salvation takes on uh, the proper meeting. See, we need to hear what God is saying and respond. Be hearers of the word only. Uh, Be hearers of the word only. Uh, That's just the first part. Shema, new beginnings. Listen up, new beginnings, and then do what I tell you to do. Follow my instructions. And uh, look, you're not going to forget what happened to you. But the memories will have less and less control. That's because you're focused on what's up ahead. And what's up ahead is a good thing. God's plans for you and I are good, right? He has a future and a hope for all of us. And, uh, and think of this in Proverbs 6, uh, 24, 16. It says, this is from the Good News translation, no matter how often honest people fall, they always get up again. Amen. Anybody resemble that remark? We might fall, but we're not down for the count. We serve a God that, is a, that restores and forgives and heals the brokenhearted and lifts us up and elevates us. If we'll draw near to him, he'll draw near to us, and all of a sudden it's a game changer. Amen. Have you ever heard of the concept of failing forward? It's a business concept. Failing forward. In business, yeah, mistakes happen. Customer service breaks down. Uh, supply chain issues happen. People get flustered. And there's all these different things. But there's a big difference between failing and being a failure. And you can learn from your mistakes. Right? You don't have to keep going around the same mountain again and again. Why does this thing keep happening to me? Get some wisdom. Get some counsel. Have somebody speak a word of God into your life that breaks the chain of failure and gets you back moving forward. Right? Failing isn't the end. It's just a means to a new beginning. Yep. How many of you uh, ever heard about Thomas Edison, the famous American inventor, uh, trying to invent the light bulb, uh, right? A thousand experiments went awry. And every time he said, I'm just one step closer to finding out how it works. He said, many of life's failures uh, are people who did not realize how close they were to success but they gave up. Christians ought to never give up. We ought to be resolved. I don't know what God's will is for my life. Make that God's will. I will never give up. I'm going to serve the Lord. As for me and my house, we are going to love the Lord. We're going to be involved with church. We're going to be involved with celebrating Shabbat, building the kingdom, giving to help the less fortunate. We're going to practice all the fundamentals. And if there's no reward for it, I don't care. Heaven will be my reward. But there is a reward. 
Because God said, I will not be mocked in this one thing. A man will reap what he sows. And that's good (laughs) for those of us that are sowing righteously. Amen. The Lord taught us the same idea from Edison about forgiving seven times 70. Jesus essentially uh, is saying that in God's world, forgiveness is always there. As many times as it takes, I'll forgive you. As many times as it takes, you can forgive yourself. You don't have to beat yourself up. Yeah, you made a mistake. Get back up and get going. Right? And all of those mistakes will be minimized. The great business leader, Peter Drucker, once said, focus on your strengths and you'll automatically minimize your weaknesses. Do more of what you're good at. If you're good at ministering to people in prayer, do more of that. If you just uh, love uh, ministering to people in the hospital or on the streets, do more of that. And on and on and on. And uh, even if you make mistakes, God will forgive you as many times as it takes. I like that. So all of these things that we're talking about uh, create a pathway to restoration. They uh, create a pathway to promotion. And uh, a little bit later in Exodus, you can uh, go there to verse 10, Exodus 35, 10. There's an interesting passage that has a deep meaning. And it says, all who are gifted artisans or artisans, <laughs> all of those who are gifted artisans among you shall come and make all that the Lord has commanded. All right. So they're out in the wilderness. They've left Egypt. God says, let's build something together. Uh, They build the wrong thing, the golden calf. But God says, I'm going to redeem you from this fiasco. And then he puts out those instructions. And now he's calling all who are gifted artisans among you. Come and make what I'm commanding. And then you go into Exodus 35, 36, and it's just all talk about building the tabernacle. But it's in ancient Jewish wisdom is why we need rabbis. They wrote this portion of the Bible. And so their take on it is very important, right? It's probably the original take, (laughs) right? And they say this scripture reveals another aspect of the goodness of God. And it has to do with hidden potential. And it's taught, this is so fascinating, and I found this to be true in my own life, maybe you agree, that those who respond to God's call, to God's instructions, are going to be blessed with abilities that they didn't think they had. I like that. 
I wasn't taught to do that in the natural. I didn't go to tech school. I didn't graduate from a master's program. And yet God said, I need your help in something. And you raised your hand and said, Lord, I'll get that done. And all of a sudden, there is an anointing that can come upon you. And God will impart skill and ability in you that you never realized was there. Hidden potential. And... These hidden talents in God's people came to the surface after they stepped forward. Right? See, God puts out the call. But who's answering the call and has the courage and the faith to step forward and say, God, I'll get that done for you. Traditional church has created an environment where the goal is to come and sit in a pew for 60 minutes, get pewy, and then live the rest of the week out there negating or forgetting, ignoring, neglecting everything in the Word of God. You did your job. You punched your time clock. What more do you want, God? I want your whole life. You were bought with a price. Your life is no longer your own. And look, we, some of us get that sooner than others. <laughs> some of us need to go around the mountain and it becomes a fiasco because we're trying to do it our way. We're singing Frank Sinatra's song instead of the Holy Spirit song. You remember Frank Sinatra's song. I did it my way. Better do it God's way. And if it just so happens that your way and God's way intersect and are in harmony, hallelujah. And the longer you live, the more you realize that's the way, uh uh-huh, uh-huh, we do it, Uh uh-huh, (laughs) uh-huh. Amen. One rabbi said the people who were successful in the sacred work of building the sanctuary were successful because of their inner courage to come forth and volunteer to do what was needed. When's the church going to do something? (laughs) Maybe what you're feeling is what God is calling you to do as part of the church. Well, I thought the pastor was supposed to do that. Well, he has his part and you have yours. We're all members of the same body. Everybody has a unique role to play. And if you'll step forward, then God will impart into you things that you didn't realize that were in there. You you have hidden talent, hidden potential. And so there's always a future for those who are willing to raise their hand and say, I'll get that done, Lord. Amen. That's called taking responsibility. Amen. Something that before Christ in my life was the last thing I wanted. I don't want no responsibility. I want to put things up my nose. I want to put things in my lungs. I want to sink to the bottom of a a bottle, and I want to play some ball, and I want to be drunk and high, and then I want to get up the next morning and do it all over again. And I did that from uh, high school all the way to I got saved uh, at 30 years old, March 11th, 1984. And then suddenly my eyes were opened. 
And boy, did I get on fire for God. And I just figured, you know what? I don't want this light to go out. I don't want this moment to end. I'm going to keep being a God chaser. Amen. Amen. Who, who's with me on that? Give the Lord a big praise if you're with me on that. So it, it, it requires a willing spirit, a proactive mentality. And you're always ready to take some initiative. All right? The truth is you've got more inside of you than you realize. Right? When we started in church... Uh, we started all those many years ago uh, ministering in the two-year-old class, the terrible twos. We learned how to turn them into the terrific twos. And now all these years later, I'm the director of Larry Huck Ministries. Worldwide television, all the various components that go into all of that. I didn't realize that at the time, but I was always willing to take the next step. And a lot of times it's like John Wayne once said. John Wayne once said, courage is being scared to death, but saddling up anyways. (laughs) I don't understand how this is all going to play out, but I'm getting on my horse. Let's ride. Amen. 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 What an adventure. Right? When I got saved, I wasn't looking for traditional church. I needed a genuine, Holy Ghost-filled, Bible-filled, tongue-talking-filled. I needed pew-jumping, praising, worshiping. You know, I wouldn't have, I grew up as a kid Lutheran, and I'm sure as a Lutheran, somewhere along the lines, uh, uh, there was a genuine commitment in there for the Lord. But the devil came and stole all of that. And in its place was all of these bad things. But, you know, so now I, I can see, who can see both sides? I looked at life from both sides now. <laughs> yeah, life with God is so much better. So, yeah. So we need to be aware, like, this can happen at any time, but there's times when God stirs the waters. Right? Maybe today is the day God stirs the water for you. In this class with, with Marvin Ellison, the CEO of Lowe's is here. Maybe there's something that happens and all of a sudden you feel emotionally, man, God is moving. I, I, my heart is quickening. The waters are stirring. And that's a signal to you that God wants to say something to you about the rest of your life. Amen. Amen? And you just need to be willing to respond. You might be responding with blind faith. But you trust the Lord with all your heart, don't you? I don't know how this all works out. Look, I'm willing to count the cost. I'm willing to bounce this idea off a multitude of counselors. But I know what I felt. I know the dream that I dreamed. I know the vision that God gave me, and I'm not going to be dissuaded from that. Yeah, I want to do it the right way, a quality way, with an excellent spirit, with wisdom and knowledge and best practices. And there's a lot to learn, but I'm willing to learn, Lord. I'm in your master's degree program. I'm down this pathway of restoration and promotion, and I'm just excited to see how it all works out. Right? 
And this is what the community in Israel was feeling. Look at uh, verse 20, Exodus 35, 20. It says, after Moses gathers all the people and uh, all these things we talked about, the whole community of Israel left Moses, returned to their tents. All whose hearts were stirred and whose spirits were moved and who brought their offerings to the Lord experienced something. Amen. Amen. And so was everyone's heart moved? Was, uh, was everyone stirred? Yeah, probably not, right? Did everyone uh, respond by bringing something to the Lord, sowing towards your harvest? Probably not. But those that did, God said, in you, that hidden potential is going to manifest and you're going to climb the ladder of, I'm going to promote you and you're going to do some great exploits in the name of the Lord. Who's interested in doing great exploits in the name of the Lord? Amen. Amen. And so initiative is on display here. When initiative comes on the scene, he usually brings friends with him. Creativity, resourcefulness, vision, ingenuity, excellence, quality, all these various things come when you take the next step, the step of faith, when you take initiative. Amen? And it's usually required if you want to go to the next level. Wouldn't it be a shame to be 20 years in the Lord and not have improved your resume? <laughs> well, I type. <laughs> I have a typewriter. <laughs> I took typewriter class in high school and got up to 30. I knew my home roll keys and, and all. I forgot it all enough. Hunt and peck, hunt and peck. <laughs> But lack of initiative is what makes you sluggish. It slows you down. It's why you procrastinate. And it's what's blocking your God-given potential from manifesting, right? There's blessing God has. I mean, today, you could, if, if this witnesses to you in some way and the Holy Spirit starts stirring the waters, that thing can be broken in your life. Whatever bondage or chain or uh, whatever was hindering you, that thing can be gone once and for all, and you can walk out of this place a changed woman, a changed man. That's the power of God. And that power of God manifests many, many times in your life. Here's the thing about procrastination on some of this. It's, uh, I love what Zig Ziglar wrote. He said, if you wait until all the lights are green before you leave home, you'll never get started on your trip. <laughs> okay. Today is part of Black History Month. And around here, we love Dr. King. And Dr. King uh, made a profound statement about what we're talking about today. He said, you don't have to see the whole staircase to take the first step. Amen. Words of wisdom. 
There's a well-known principle that relates to all of this in Matthew 25, the parable of the talents. How many of you know that parable? Jesus is teaching how God gives everyone a certain set of talents and gifts. And it's then up to us to decide what we're going to do with those things. It's called hidden potential, right? And if we're faithful with what God has given us, then God will give us more. That seems fair. And so in this parable, the first guy mentioned was given five talents and he turned it into ten. And the Lord commended him. Uh, The second guy, he was given two talents. And he turned it into two more. And again, God commended him. In both cases, the Lord said the very same thing. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling the small amounts. So now I will give you many more. Kingdom principle. The third man in the parable chose poorly. He was entrusted with but one talent, but he was afraid to do anything with it, fear. The Bible says he buried the talent and then made up some reason to the Lord on why he didn't do anything with what he had. And the Lord sternly rebuked him, called him a wicked and lazy servant. And then the Bible says something that still applies to every one of us today, right now. Is the Bible relevant? This is relevant right now. Verse 29, to those who use well what they are given, even more will be given. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. You mean I have some control over how far I advance? To those who use well what they are given, even more will be given, and they will have abundance. They will have abundance. Well, I tried that for a couple days. (laughs) You know, we're not talking about a couple days, right? We're talking about you are making a life decision. This is who I am. This is what I do. This is how I roll, and I ain't changing none of that. God's given me some gifts and talents, and I'm going to work on those. And then eventually I'll be given more, and I will have abundance. But for those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. It's a hard saying. But there's a twofold message here. If you don't use it, you lose it. Amen. If you don't lo- uh, use it, you lose it. However, number two, if you use what you've been given, God will give you more. Amen. God will give you more. I pray that God gives us all a sensitivity, a discernment, this quality of initiative, of taking responsibility. 
God, you and me form a majority and we are moving forward in life. I don't care what the Antichrist crowd does. I don't care what the devil's trying to do. I pull down every stronghold. I take authority over every power and principality that's hindering me. And I thank you, Lord, for an outpouring of the Holy Ghost and power, wisdom, excellence, quality, discernment, all the qualities of God manifest in my life in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Do you receive that? Come on, somebody. So even if you feel a little inconvenienced, you mean I got to go out after six? <laughs> I hate, now that I'm, I'm 67 now, and now that I'm 67, nine o'clock seems like real late. <laughs> Back when I was serving the devil, nine o'clock, we just getting started. <laughs> So, look, don't let the inconvenience thing. I'm tired. Take some Red Bull. <laughs> Get some five-hour energy. Whatever you got to do. Okay, I want that triple caffeinated Starbucks. Make sure your heart can handle all that. <laughs> but if you feel like, well, I'm being stretched, that's not a bad thing. You know, because the comfort zone is usually your failure zone right? And, and always know this, God's got your back. Look, you may be doing something and no one appreciates it. And then you get all whacked out. Well, no one appreciates me. Forget all of that. That's baby stuff. I don't care if anybody appreciates me. I'm doing what I'm doing for the Lord, not unto man, but to the Lord. The Lord appreciates me. Now, it's nice to get some appreciation now and then, but you know what? If it doesn't, I I was a children's pastor for 25 years. That's one area of ministry you don't get any appreciation. (laughs) You don't get appreciation for changing dirty diapers. (laughs) You don't get appreciation for being behind the set. But that doesn't bother me. Does it bother you? Oh, well, I'm in it for appreciation. Well, then you're in it for the wrong reason. Now, we need to do better in appreciating. We were talking about that coming in, you know. I need to take you to lunch more often. (laughs) And I'm buying. (laughs) But God's got your back. Amen. So the beauty of all of this is that God's not as interested in your ability as he is your availability. All right? And that's part of this ladder of success. I'm available, Lord. And with that attitude, the sky is the limit. All right, so there's so many other things we can get to, but there's this giant red clock in the back. I've never seen a clock that big except at the stadium. <laughs> that could be uh, Dak Prescott's uh, 30-second clock. My gosh. Let me just say this. Look, everybody's going to, uh, it's going to, pencil out in everybody's life a little different. But I'm a living example of how God can take a nobody and make him into a somebody. Amen. Right? 
I don't know where you came from and what your story is, but God will turn all of that sorrow into joy. God can turn whatever failure you have into some kind of victory. You can have the life that God promises. And here's just some uh, ways to understand the pathway to get there. Get restored, bind the devil, Start honoring the Sabbath, giving Stedka, getting involved in building the tabernacle, and then uh, remember two-thirds of God's name is go. So get going and do something because it's a lot easier to steer a moving bicycle. Amen. Amen. Do you receive that today? Give the Lord a praise.